You're listening to the Central City Assembly Podcast. We're dedicated to sharing content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus for the good of our city and helps you grow in your love for him. We pray this episode blesses you, impacts you, and fills you with kingdom purpose. Well, good morning. Man, wasn't that just a great time of worship? I miss leading worship sometimes, and I'm thankful that my wife schedules me from time to time. Um, Just enjoy that so much. A big heart of mine is just worship and um, leading people in worship. Um, But we just finished our uh, week-long Fresh Start Fast for 2020. Uh, And I pray, yeah, I pray it was a, a good time of emptying and filling for you if you participated. Uh, I know for me, uh, God definitely helped me empty some things out of my life that I needed to get out of my life. Um, But he also filled me with some good perspective, some things to work on moving forward in 2020. Who's thankful for a God who doesn't say I'm done with you, but he gives you things to work on and says, keep going. I'm with you. Amen. Um, So I really needed this time of prayer and fasting to get my edge back, like we talked about last week. Um, Because like I said last week, 2020, at least for me and my family, it's going to be, shall we say, a doozy. Um, For example, right, we are soon going to have to learn how to become a family of five with my pregnant wife due any day now. Can we just give a round of applause for moms who have to, Liz is due any day, God bless you. We were hoping like the moon, full moon last night would do something, but nothing for either of these mamas, but that's okay. Um, But yeah, we're going to have to learn how to be a family of five, um, you know, which is a little exciting and terrifying all at the same time. Um, Parents who have more than your three or more kids, just tell us, keep telling us it's going to be okay. You will survive, okay? And we need that encouragement. Um, And we haven't figured out yet if our dog Harper is going to be on our side or the kid's side. Right? If she's going to just add to the chaos, she might just be like, you know what, I'm out of here, crawl under the fence again, and just leave us all behind. Uh, only time will tell. Uh, but speaking of baby coming any day now, I wanted to give you a heads up for, for what it's going to look like for our church family when baby does uh, come. Um, and baby is scheduled to be here January 30th, um, so just a couple weeks. And the plan is that me and my family uh, are going to take the following two Sundays off uh, to welcome our little guy into our family and adjust to being a family of five. Um, and and can, I, can I just say thank you? Um, I am so blessed to pastor a church that will allow me to take time off for my family. Um, Believe it or not, not all churches have that. Uh, Not all pastors have that privilege. So I just want to say on behalf of me and my family, thank you. Thank you. Um, and, and while we're gone, we already have some speakers lined up for you. Um, uh, uh, the, the Sunday's kind of planned out. Um, if baby comes early, because babies have a mind of their own too, and they can just be like, we're going to show up right now. Um, if baby comes early before the 30th, uh, then the plan right now is, is to kind of do um, what we did for Uh, the Blessed Life series, where we had Pastor Robert Morris speak on video. Um, We're going to show video uh, just because you never know, right? Baby could come anytime. That's why I'm not planning sermon series like for this season. I don't want to start something I can't finish. Um, So we'll have a a couple videos for those Sundays. I'll make sure they're really incredible videos that I know have spoken to me. Um, And you guys were so engaged during that last series, the video series. Um, I I think we'll just keep that that going uh, for those two weeks. But if baby does come on time, um, then on February 2nd, February 2nd, uh, missionaries Flynn and Renee Clanton, uh, they will be speaking. Uh, they are they're, they're up there, um, beautiful couple. They are part of a really amazing uh, internet ministry called Network 211. That's part of the Assemblies of God. Um, and through this ministry, the gospel of Jesus has been presented in 16 languages to over 37 million people in 242 countries and territories all over the world since 2008. Uh, and Flynn is the director of Spanish Outreach for Network 211. 
And since 2012, get this, over 6.6 million people have viewed a gospel presentation on one of their Spanish-speaking evangelist websites. Uh, And on average, this is a crazy number, 7,079 Spanish-speaking individuals per month have made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time, right? Those are crazy, incredible numbers. Uh, And the reason they have such good data, is it data or data? You're wrong. It's data. It's data. Um, so, uh, but the reason why they have such incredible data is because they're so smart and how they deliver the gospel message through the interwebs and get it in front of people's faces. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but basically, uh, for example, if someone who is struggling and hurting and they type in something in, in Google like, how do I kill myself? People actually look that up. Um, Network 211 has paid and organized their website to make sure that one of their websites is at least one of the first or the first that pops up after they hit enter. And, And the hope is that they'll click on that link and they'll receive a gospel message of hope and freedom. Really incredible. Um, and this technique, as you'll hear them uh, tell stories, uh, has proven to be very effective in seeing people come to faith in Jesus. Um, when I met with them briefly last year, uh, man, the stories they were telling me of, of people and their entire families coming to faith in Jesus, I was just bawling like a baby. Uh, and you probably will too, just be prepared for that. Um, so you won't want to miss that Sunday, February 2nd. Um, and, and then the second Sunday, we are out. If things go as planned, uh, Pastor Josh is going to take the helm. Uh, and he actually asked if he could have all of February because uh, we're going to a wedding in Tennessee at the end of February. So Pastor Josh is going to lead us in a series on the life of Jacob. Um, and if you've ever never studied the life of Jacob, it's powerful. Um, so I'm excited uh, for that, for, for Pastor Josh to lead that. Um, but I also just want to uh, take a moment Uh, to give a big thank you, uh, a big round of applause and encouragement to Pastor Josh, um, because you might not know this, um, but he was mostly responsible for organizing, putting together everything for this past week of our our Fresh Start Fast, Um, from graphics to scheduling the prayer and worship gatherings uh, to leading worship, giving one of the devotionals during that time. On top of that, he's been responsible for all of the prayer that we've been trying to build up here, a prayer team at CCA. So can we just encourage Pastor Josh and say thank you so much. He is doing such an incredible job. I'm blessed to have him as an associate pastor, and our church is blessed to have him as an associate pastor. Amen. Um, I also want to thank uh, Ben Cromey, Sela Cosentino, Lori Conzer, and Rebecca Delbridge. They each gave a devotional during our Fresh Start Fast. Thank you for waking up early to be a part of that. Um, Thank you, tech team who served, Caitlin and Chris, for being here, my wife for leading worship. Um, And then thank you all who showed up to those prayer gatherings, uh, whether here in person or online or through the podcast. Um, Thank you for being a part of this Fresh Start Fast. Uh, What made this past week of prayer and fasting so special, in my opinion, is that I didn't do it alone. I wasn't in it alone. Um, but that I had an entire church family of people praying and fasting with me. Um, And if you think about that, that's powerful and so encouraging. Um, And I believe that God has blessings and favor for you and for us as a church in 2020 as a result of this week of prayer and fasting. Um, God is going to take you deeper. And he's going to give you greater understanding of who he is. And through that, You're going to know who you are and what your purpose and mission here is here on earth. Um, God's going to show us really and truly what it means to magnify and multiply Jesus as a church family together. Uh, But to effectively be a part of that, and I'm excited that we all get to be a part of that, but to effectively be a part of that, I think we need some more tools in our tool belt, so to speak. Um, Or even more than that, We need to learn how to effectively and powerfully use those tools in our tool belt that God has already given us. Uh, Last week, I used the image of uh, of an axe uh, to explain the importance of getting our edge back through prayer and fasting for 2020, Um, that we need to have a sharp edge for all that's ahead of us in this year. 
Uh, and we did that work of sharpening through prayer and fasting. But now what, right? Now that, that your accent is sharpened, do you know how to use it, right? Do you know how to fell a tree and split wood properly and effectively without hurting other people or yourself, right? And some of you are like, heck yeah, I know how to. Give me an ax and some wood and I'll show you. But obviously, I'm speaking metaphorically. I'm speaking metaphorically. Okay, listen, you have the tools, but do you know how to use them? And what God is showing me for 2020 as the, the spiritual overseer of this church body is that this is going to be a year of equipping. Everybody say that word with me, equipping. Now, every year is a year of equipping. All right, but, but in our cultural and social climate right now, I believe that we need even more a focused time of equipping for 2020 um, because all of us here have the tools necessary to follow Jesus and advance his kingdom in the world for 2020, but we have to learn how to use those tools effectively. And you know, there might be some people here today who you didn't realize you had the tools. You, you've been kind of searching and figuring out, like, well, how do I do this? How do I, um, how do I use uh, the things that God has equipped me with? And my job is to tell you, you have everything that you need. You have it. Um, and so today, I'm going to share with you just a general sense of what 2020 at CCA is going to look like. Um, we're going to get our uh, metaphorical spiritual glasses, um, uh, monocles, contacts, whatever you wear, okay? We're going to get those on today because the title of today's message is 2020 Vision. All right, you see what I did there? Pastors have been waiting for th literally thousands of years probably to use this, uh, this title, all right? 2020 vision this morning. Uh, let's go to God in prayer one more time. Let's join in prayer. Father, we thank you that you give us vision. We thank you that we don't wander through this world aimlessly, but you have purpose. You have power for us. God, there, there's a world around us who, who needs you, and you have chosen us. As crazy as it sounds, you've chosen us to advance your kingdom in this world. So God, would you prepare us for that? Would you open our hearts and our minds to receive that, that word of truth and to receive the equipping that you've given us and to use it for your glory and the good of the world around us? Lord, so we just, we just submit this time to you and say, speak to us. Right where you are, maybe you need to just say those words in your mind or let them come off your lips. Say, God, speak to me right now. We say all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... 2020 is going to be a year of focused equipping. Uh, and hopefully, no one here, uh, but there might be some people who would say, nah, I'm good, right? Uh, they might say, you know, I, I think I have everything I need to be a follower of Jesus and live out this mission, right? Or, or you know, I'm happy with where I'm at. Uh, I'm saved. I'm a good person. I try to be good to the people around me, so I think I'm doing well. What other equipping do I need? Well, I want you to think about this past decade, right, these past 10 years. Um, think about the 2010s and everything that happened in American culture and society. Now, that's way back in the back of our minds, so let me give you some reminding of some things that happened in the 2010s. Uh, the, the 2010s brought us the dawn of streaming services like Netflix and the binge watching that happened with that, right? Can you believe that before 2010? That wasn't even a thing, and now it's a part of our everyday life. Um, 2010 is when the first iPad was introduced into the world, uh, and it's 2015 is when the smartphone market really started exploding. Um, let's think of some other things. Lady Gaga uh, really became known in the music world when she wore a dress made of meat um, to the 2010 MTV Music Awards. Uh, LeBron James, any fans? Uh, he seemed to be the king of basketball in 2010s. Uh, the Cubs finally won the World Series this past decade. Um, and it was the decade of superhero movies, right? All the Marvel and the DC, all that fun stuff. Uh, but also during the 2010s, uh, there was a rise of activism and major social and cultural shifts took place, uh, starting with the Occupy movement. 
Um, there were also the hashtag Me Too and the Black Lives Matter movements. In the middle of 2015, the Supreme Court ruled that same-sex couples could marry nationwide. Uh, Donald Trump was elected president, which seemed uh, to widen the political gap even more than it already was. Like, the world has changed so much in just 10 years when you think about it, so much. Right? And with all of these changes, probably the, the biggest but somewhat subdued change uh, took place is that Christianity moved from being a central, respected, guiding worldview in the U.S. and was pushed even further away into the margins of society. Right? And now, when it comes to politics and culture, uh, Christian thought and morality is seen as bigoted, intolerant, unintelligent, archaic even, or even prejudice. And I can keep naming all these different things. Right? And here's an illustration to show you uh, just how much uh, the world has changed and Christianity has been pushed into the margins. Uh, in 2012, Truett Cathy and his son da Dan Cathy, uh, they're the founders uh, and CEOs of Chick-fil-A, right, who make a delicious chicken sandwich, way better than Popeye's, by the way. Um, but they were interviewed by a, a Christian publication. And, and during that time, when you're as successful as you are in business, not only do you get, and you're a follower of Jesus, not only do you get asked uh, for interviews with Christian publications, but also, um, you know, secular worldly uh, publications. Um, and this one happened to be a Christian one. And during the interview, Dan Cathy, the son, he was asked a specific question about their business model. And this was his response. He said, we are very much supportive of the family, the biblical definition of the family unit. We are a family-owned business, a family-led business, and we are married to our first wives. We give God thanks for that. We know it might not be popular with everyone, but thank the Lord we live in a country where we can share our values and operate on biblical principles. Now, you might not be aware that that interview even happened, um, but you're probably aware of the outrage that followed. Um, and when there's outrage, there's usually a request for a follow-up interview, a follow-up interview. And let me just say, if you ever become famous, you become a, a, um, a high visual kind of person in the world, never take the second interview, okay? <laughs> right? J just stick with the first, right? Say no further comments, move on, save yourself the hurt and the pain, okay? Um, but... Uh, Dan did the follow-up interview uh, that he was asked to do, and he was asked a very specific question about marriage, and here's what he said. He said, I think we are inviting God's judgment on our nation when we shake our fist at him and say, we know better than you, God, as to what constitutes a marriage. I pray God's mercy on our generation that has such a prideful, arrogant attitude to think that we have the audacity to define what marriage is all about. And if you remember, this led to, to same-sex couples boycotting Chick-fil-A uh, and staging a kiss-in protest where they were encouraged uh, to go to Chick-fil-A um, and, and take a picture of themselves kissing each other and then posting it on social media. Uh, mayors and governors all throughout the nation um, made public statements saying, we don't want Chick-fil-A in our uh, cities, our states anymore. Uh, even recently, in other countries um, where Chick-fil-A is trying to expand, um, uh, there's been this outrage and people saying, we don't want you here. Now, whether you agree with Dan Cathy's statements or not, the point is, not that long ago, 10, maybe 20 years ago, his statements wouldn't have even made the news. All we would know about Chick-fil-A is that they make addicting chicken sandwiches. That's it, right? But the climate has changed. The culture has changed rapidly, so fast. The church is being pushed into the margins. Right? And it's not easy for Christians, right? Think about Christendom and, and the thousands of years it's existed and become a central part of the world. And it's not easy to go from being honorable to being seen as bigots, right? To, to being perceived as fools in just a couple decades, right? That's a, a pretty fast turn 
even in a lifetime, let alone for just a couple of decades. And my question to you this morning is, do you know how to navigate all of that, right? And I'm not even talking about how do we get Christianity back to the center and out of the margins. You know what? I think we need to hang out in the margins for a little while. Because honestly, when you think of the early church or other nations where Christians are being persecuted, does Christianity stop? No, it thrives. It thrives, right? Um, Christianity seems to thrive more. Followers of Jesus are more fervent for him. They're more missional and courageous for Jesus when Christianity is in the margins. But when Christianity is more accepted and tolerated, Christianity becomes lackluster in their faith and their pursuit of Jesus. So the answer isn't let's get Christianity back to center. The answer is let's be the people God is calling us to be in this present shift, right? In this present culture and social climate. And with that comes some questions. Like how? How do I love my friend and his boyfriend well even though I know that their lifestyle is not what God would desire for them, right? How do I give answers for my faith in the face of a culture that thinks it's okay to murder unborn children, right? Uh, With the seeming rise of, of mental and emotional illness, how do I walk alongside my friend who is struggling with those things, Right? And that's what CC, or 2020 at CCA is going to look like. Uh, a year of equipping. Every message is going to be about how to. Um, we're going to try and answer the questions that you have. Uh, there will even be practical opportunities throughout the year for you to learn how to. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down a website. Let's go ahead and throw that up there. It's centralcityonline.org slash questions. And either later today, heck, you can do this right now if you want to. Hopefully the website doesn't crash, okay? Um, But you can go to this website right now, and what you'll see there is a questionnaire that I would love for you to fill out. It gives you the opportunity to voice some of those questions that you have. And and my hope is that our time together, our message series all throughout the year will be framed around your questions. I don't want this to be a year of me saying, this is what I think you need to know. I want this to be a year of me saying, this is what you asked. Here's what God says about your question. Right? I want to answer your questions. Um, so uh, fill out that questionnaire. It's really simple, really easy. I already sent it out to a few people just for a testing period. Great questions already. Um, so go ahead and fill that out. Um, and one of the reasons that we need this equipping is because the times and the culture has changed and is changing so fast, and we need to be prepared for that. The other reason we need this equipping is because God's desire is for his kingdom to be built and advanced right here on earth as it is in heaven. Right? We've just spent a whole year talking about that, right? And now is the time to put our feet to the ground and serve and work, right? Do the work. Um, and this ministry... This advancing God's kingdom isn't reserved for the paid staff of your church. This ministry is for all followers of Jesus. This is your ministry, advancing God's kingdom. And at CCA here, we, we believe that our purpose or mission is to magnify and multiply Jesus for the good of our city. And we believe that that purpose isn't just for Pastor Kai, uh, Josh, and Annette to fulfill. This purpose has been given for all of us as a church family to fulfill, right? And guess what? That purpose is most fulfilled, not here in this building, but out there in the city. What we are doing right now in this place, the worship, the prayer, the taking communion, the preaching, It's a lot like a deep breath before the plunge. What's happening right here is a lot like being nourished before we get back into the world around us. And my job today is to help you see that this ministry is yours and that you are equipped for this ministry. So I want you to open your Bibles. 
We want to continue building that culture of honoring God's word here at CCA. And so get your Bible out, digital, analog. If you need a Bible, we've got some Bibles spread out all throughout in the back table there. And when you entered, take one of those. It's yours, okay? Keep it for yourself. Bring it back on Sundays. Um, But open up to the book of Ephesians. And we're going to read chapter 4, starting in verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Say, I'm ready when you get there. If you can say it like SpongeBob, then say it. I'm ready. That was whoever did that. That was good. (laughs) All right. Ephesians 4, verse 11. Here we go. And he, Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip, everybody say equip, the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood or womanhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, everybody say equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, I've shared this scripture a few times here at CCA. Um, You've probably read this scripture many times for yourself. The beauty of this passage is its clarity for the most part. Now, there are some things that fancy pants theologians and scholars like to argue about, okay, but for the most part, it's very clear, and there are three things, clear things that I want to share with you this morning, okay? They are, and if you're a note taker, this is a great day. I've got points for you today, all right? Um, But they are, one, you have a ministry, two, you are already equipped for that ministry, and three, you have to grow in that ministry, all right? So let's start with number one, you have a ministry. If you look back at verse 11, it talks about uh, Jesus giving apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers as gifts to the church. And let's be reminded that the church is not a place, but it's a people. Okay, we are the church. We cannot forget that. We are the church. And with the church, um, or within the church, some people are given the gift of prophecy, the gift of evangelism the gift of teaching, and so on. Uh, and to, they're given to be gifts to serve the church and to build up the church, to build us up, to equip us. But these five gifts mentioned in verse 11 are not the full list of gifts, okay? I'm trying not to say gifts, right? That's a different thing, but I, I lose my T's sometimes. Gifts. Um, but we can also see clearly in Scripture, like in Romans and 1 Corinthians, other letters of Paul's, where he lists other gifts that Jesus gives to his church. Right? Like the gift of administration or the, the gift of wisdom, the gift of discernment or help. But the gifts that Paul lists in this Ephesians passage are ones that are geared more towards equipping the rest of the church body for ministry. They're they're specific. For example, apostles are known for helping send people out into the world on mission for ministry. Uh, Prophets speak God's encouragement and truth into people's lives to show them his plans for them. Shepherds or pastors, they tend to the church for support and care. And people with these gifts are equippers. They're equippers. And you, looking at all of you, might have one of these five gifts. In this room right now, we have apostles. We have prophets. We have evangelists. We have shepherds and teachers. You might be one of them. And if that's you... You are a gift to the church and have been given the power to equip and encourage and build up the church. 
Equip for what? Right? Well, verse 12 says to equip the saints for the work of ministry. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are a saint. That's what that word means. And just because your teachers, your parents, your husband and wife might not think you act like a saint, you are a saint. Not only that, but verse 12 tells us that you're also a minister. You are a minister. You have a ministry. Apply that to yourself right now and say to yourself, I have a ministry. What is that ministry? Well, we don't have to look very far to find out because earlier in chapter 3 of Ephesians, Paul tells us, right? He makes this argument in verse 7. He says, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power, the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Paul is just saying, this is my ministry, okay? Verse 10, he shifts to us. Verse 10, so that through the church, that's us, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. What Paul is saying is that each one of us, the church, have been given the ministry of making God's wisdom and all that that entails known to the world around us. Right? The way we, again, that we like to say that here at CCA is our ministry is to magnify and multiply Jesus. Right? Make Jesus known. Make God's wisdom known by magnifying and multiplying him. And that doesn't just happen here. Okay? It happens out there through you in your homes, your neighborhoods, workplaces, and schools. You have a ministry. Okay? Not only that, but number two, you are already equipped for that ministry. You are already equipped for that ministry. You need to hear this. You have been uniquely wired by God and gifted by the Holy Spirit to fulfill the ministry God has given to you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, Paul says, To each, one of us, to each, is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then he lists different gifts, uh, different manifestations of the Spirit that are given to different followers of Jesus in order to fulfill their ministry. And this is so important. Right? It's so important that you understand this and grasp this part. My job as a vocational minister is not to do the work of ministry, but rather help you see and spot and be trained in your giftedness and then unleash this giftedness into the world around us to build the kingdom of God. Right? You have a ministry and you have been equipped for that ministry. Okay, think about the way God has uniquely wired and created you. Look inward for just a moment. Okay, and I want you to think about your natural talents. Your natural talents. Right, things that you were just born with, right? I have a natural talent for everything to do with my ears. It's a weird way to put it, so let me explain. Um, but the way I've seen this developed in my life is that I'm, I'm good with music. Um, I'm good with hearing and learning languages. Uh, others tell me that I'm a good listener. And God's desire is that I would use those natural talents to love him and serve the people around me in the world, which is ministry. Okay, but do you know what I'm not naturally good at? Athletics. Athletics. Uh, hand me an instrument, and I'm good to go. Hand me a ball, and I'm like, whoa, what do I do? Right? Um, I might look like I have the physique of a runner, but I loathe it. I hate running so much, okay, with a deep passion. And guess what? That's okay, right? God doesn't expect me to love him and serve other people through athletic things. That's okay. Right, what about you? What natural gifts and talents do you have? Right, use them for the work of ministry in your life. They are gifts. What are you not so good at? That's okay. God doesn't expect you to operate in those things to minister. Be you. Right? But hear this, okay? 
Your natural talents are not the gifts that Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay, right? These manifestations of the Holy Spirit that, that Paul's talking about, the natural talents that you have, you're born with, and you don't need to be a Christian to have them, right? But the gifts of the Spirit are ones you can only possess as a follower of Jesus. They come with and subsequent to being a born-again Christian filled with the Holy Spirit. Spiritual gifts that are given to you and that can't be taken, or I'm sorry, that can be taken away depending on what season of life you're in. And we'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, but one of my spiritual gifts is helping, which we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I love to serve people and help them. I'm always thinking, how can I be helpful right now? And I'm bothered if I'm not doing something to help people. Um, and that is not how people are generally wired, is it? No, we are born uh, selfish and, and, and self-centered, not helpful in serving. So I believe that helps is a gift of the Holy Spirit that was given to me after I became a follower of Jesus. But I've also received different gifts of the Spirit throughout my life. You know what? I used to not think of myself as a shepherd, as a pastor. If you knew me in my youth and in my early college days, I didn't like people, okay? And I'm thankful that not any of you knew me during that time, okay? I was antisocial. I enjoyed working and being alone by myself. But in my current season of life as a shepherd, guess what? I like people, and I want to serve people. And I believe that that is a miraculous gift of the Holy Spirit because that's not who I originally am, right? And you know what? If, if my season changes, and I'm praying it doesn't, but if my season changes, God might take that gift away. Not because I've done anything wrong or, or in a bad way, um, but because God might move me to a different season and I might need different gifts for that season, right? He might equip me with those gifts, so again, what about you? What are your spiritual gifts? These manifestations of the Holy Spirit in your life for building the kingdom of God. Maybe that's one of your how-to questions that you ask in the questionnaire. How do I know what my spiritual gifts are? But a good place to start in understanding your spiritual gifts is by looking at the gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12, for example, and then asking, which of these do I find myself doing? thinking about doing, having an urge or a desire to do. And within the context of the church, start there first. And maybe you're like, well, didn't you just say that the gifts and, and these talents are meant for ministry outside the church? Yes, but what we read in 1 Corinthians 12 is that the gifts are in part for helping build up the church first, and then that pours out into the world around us. Right, so when you're thinking about your spiritual gifts, Think about the church first. Do you have the urge to do administrative things in the church? Do you have a desire to teach in the church? Do you have the faith to see God move in mighty ways in the church? Right? And then ask God, is this a gift from you for me? If so, give me an opportunity to use that gift in the church. And if you still aren't sure what your spiritual gifts are, then Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31, to ask God for the gifts. If you don't know, ask him. Right? He even says, ask for the gifts that you don't have, and God might give them to you. Okay, but you are equipped for the ministry God has given you, equipped with natural talents, equipped with spiritual gifts. Even your resources given to you are to be used for the work of ministry. Your home, your finances, your car, the food you make, all of your resources are meant to be used for the ministry that God has given you, for building the kingdom of God. What about your character? Right? Your character, whether you are sanguine, melancholic, choleric, phlegmatic, right? Whatever you are is meant to be used for ministry. So you know what that means? It means that you don't have to be the outgoing people person to be used by God. Praise God, because I'm a, not one of those people, right? But you can be you. You can be an introvert who likes to work alone and still be used for the work of ministry in the world around you. 
right? You be the person God created you to be. It is a gift. It is a gift, and don't let anybody else tell you differently, right? Equipped with natural talents, spiritual gifts, resources, character, and even, don't miss this one, community. You have been given community. God has given you the people in your life, the people in your church family, to do the work of ministry together. Because guess what? You don't have all of the gifts. And the people around you will compliment you where you are lacking. Right? Listen to what Paul says again in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. He says, From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. In love. You have been equipped with people. You've also been equipped with a time and a place for ministry. You've been equipped with a time and a place for ministry. And that time is now and wherever you are right now. That time is now and wherever you are right now. Now, you don't have to go overseas. You don't have to go into the ministry to minister, right? It can happen right where you live, your neighborhood, your workplaces, your schools, right, your homes. Ministry happens wherever and whenever you are, okay? You have a ministry. You are equipped for that ministry. And finally, number three, you have to grow in that ministry. You have to grow. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head and to Christ. Yes, you have ministry right now. You've been equipped to fulfill that ministry in your life right now. But like I said at the beginning, do you know how to use all of those tools that you've been equipped with? Probably not at first. You have to grow, Right? When we become followers of Jesus, we don't instantly know how to read our Bibles, pray, love people well, and point them to Jesus, right? Just like a lumberjack doesn't know how to naturally use an ax, right? He or she has to grow in that and develop that skill, right? Even Jesus had to grow up, right? Listen to what Luke writes in his gospel, Luke chapter 2, verse 52. He says, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and man. How can we say that we're done, right? How can we say that we don't need any more equipping, right? And for us, this growing doesn't stop, right? We never fully arrive, so to speak, because Ephesians 4, again, verse 14, speaks of this world that is full of change, full of different and developing doctrine all the time. Right, human cunning, craftiness, and deceitful schemes. And we, and if we want to be ready to minister in that world and to not be swept away by those different things, we have to continue growing and maturing in our faith in Jesus. That's why community, being plugged into a church, having someone to shepherd and teach you the things of God is so important. Right? We need equipping. We need to know how to use our equipment effectively and properly because there are people all around us, even in our own homes, who need Jesus, right? who need the kingdom of God advanced in their lives. And again, as crazy as it sounds, God has selected us to build that kingdom in their lives. He's chosen us. Right? You have a ministry. You are equipped for that ministry and you have to grow in that ministry. Amen? Worship team, you guys can come on up. And so as they're coming up, here's how I want to close our time together. All right, the 2020 vision for CCA is that this year will be a year of focused equipping. And I hope you see now, if you didn't already, why this equipping is so important, please don't dismiss this. Don't dismiss it. Right? The world is changing so quickly. The world still needs to know Jesus. And we, the church, have been selected by God to advance his kingdom in the world. We have to be sharp. We need to know how to use the tools that God has given us. So today to close, I'm going to ask two things from you. Two things. 
confession and commitment. Confession and commitment. The first, confession looks like confessing that you need this equipping. So I'm asking, would you humble yourself today in the presence of God and your brothers and sisters in Christ and confess that you don't know it all? You've not figured it all out. You've not arrived. You still need to grow. I'm making that personal confession before you all this morning. I'm admitting, I'm confessing that I need this equipping. And one way that you can practice that confession is by going online to centralcityonline.org slash questions and filling out that questionnaire. Right, write down one of your questions. Right, think of something you're like, man, I wish I knew more about this in my faith, in my walk with God. How do I live out my life as a follower of Jesus in this culture and climate? Okay, but that's one way that you can practice uh, your confession like right away. The second thing I'm looking for from you today is commitment. Would you personally commit to this year of equipping? Because God wants to grow you. God wants to equip you. God wants to build you up so that we can build his kingdom in the world around us. And I believe God is saying today that if you commit, if we commit together to this year of equipping, then he will grow us, equip us, build us up so that we can build the world around us or uh, build the kingdom of God in the world around us. Right, so how can you commit this year? Well, commit by attending church more than you miss. Commit to attending church more than you miss because a big chunk of the equipping is going to happen right here on Sunday mornings, right? Commit to attending church more than you miss. Uh, commit to this year of equipping by getting plugged into a growth group throughout the week because that's going to be a safe place where you can ask your questions and dive deeper into the things of God with the family of God. And they can encourage you, pray for you, help equip you as well. Commit to this year of equipping by taking worship, prayer, and God's word into your own hands. Spend time daily with God in worship, prayer, and reading his word. Right? What you do in private is where most of your growth is going to happen. Don't miss that. What you do in private is where most of your wor or growth is going to happen. So would you commit with me and together with your church family to this year of equipping? If so, then as a sign of your commitment, this is what I want you to do. Right now, I just want you to stand up with me and let your standing be a sign of I'm committed to this year of equipping. Let it be a sign that you want every tool that God has for you and you want to know how to use it properly. Amen. This is so encouraging. Amen. And as you're standing, I, I just want to say a prayer of anointing over each one of you, okay? So whatever you need to do to enter a posture of receiving this morning. In the Bible, we see different ways of receiving. Uh, putting our hands out. Kneeling to the ground. Bowing our heads. But enter that posture of receiving today. And let me just pray a prayer of anointing for you. Father, we thank you for your provision. We thank you that you have given us ministry. As scary as that sounds, God, you wouldn't give it to us unless we could do it with your help. So God, we thank you for this provision of ministry. We thank you that you have already equipped us for the work of ministry that you've given us in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools. And God, I, I'm thankful that you're not just throwing us out there to see if we'll swim, but you're teaching us. God, I thank you that you have equipping for us, learning for us, growing for us in this ministry that you've given us. I'm thankful for that. So God, right now, as a fellow minister, God, I, 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 I release ministry on this church body right here. Father, I release ministry on this church family. 
And God, I pray that, that those right now who are saying, I mean, I can't. I pray that you would change hearts, you would change minds so that they know that they can with you, Jesus. With you, Holy Spirit, moving in their lives. I pray for repentance right now from can't to can in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would impress upon each person here this need for equipping and all the things that come with it, need for community, need for a church family, need need for a a pastor, a shepherd to lead and teach them. Lord, let that be a conviction. And God, I pray that you would encourage each one of us to stand true to our commitment this morning. And God, I'm so excited I'm so expectant for how the world is going to change because of this church body right here. I'm excited for the community around here who's going to know Jesus more. I'm excited for, for Tucson as we're all spread out through Tucson, how Jesus is going to be known more. The, the manifold wisdom of God is going to be spread throughout all of Tucson. God, I'm thankful for the people who are here just for a season because they're off to other things uh, overseas or to other states for work. God, I'm excited that that equipping and, and, and ministry is going to continue wherever they are. God, I'm, I'm thankful for everything that you have in store for us in 2020, individually, but also as a church family. We receive it today in Jesus' name. God, I anoint my church family in Jesus' name for the work of ministry that you've called them to. And right now, where you are, just receive it. In your own heart, in your own mind, say, God, I want it. God, I need it. Receive it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you are blessed by this episode and would like to help us create more content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus, would you consider giving a financial gift of any amount today? Whatever you give will go towards building the kingdom of God in the lives of people all over the world. Thank you for your support, and we pray many blessings over you.